Hello, my name's Gemma. I'm a clinical psychologist and I have a particular interest in helping people who've been diagnosed with cancer in their families. And today I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about the things that happen when you're first diagnosed with cancer. Just kind of what to expect in those first sort of couple of weeks. Not, not so much emotionally, but actually from a practical point of view. And the first thing I wanted to talk about with that is, is understanding the multidisciplinary team or the MDT. And so the MDT is the word that you've probably heard banded about um, so far. And the MDT really is something pretty commonplace now in gold standard cancer care. Not everyone has it, although the aim is that we do have it. And it varies a bit depending on where you live and, um, and what the resources are and if you live rurally or remotely and a whole range of other things. But basically the idea of the MDT is that there is a team that comes together to help make the best treatment recommendations, to come up with plans, to talk about the evidence, to know the new stuff that's out there, so that when you are presenting for your treatment, you've got a group of minds all thinking about what the really best way um, is to help you, and that you've got the kind of support and intervention and whatever that you need. So really, so, so who's in the multidisciplinary team? Well, it's called disciplinary because it's made up of a whole number of disciplines or craft groups or people that do different stuff, basically. And usually there's a surgeon, um, and most people know what the surgeon does. Um, but there's also um, people like the radiation oncologists. So the radiation oncologists are the doctors and nurses, nursing teams, and also radiation therapists um, that um, deliver the radiation therapy to you. Then there's the medical oncology team, which is the medical oncologist, or the might be nurses, registrar, uh, which is the senior doctor. Um, the the um, medical oncologist are really the doctors um, and nurses that deliver the chemotherapy, the targeted therapies, the immunotherapies, those kinds of things. Then there's um, people like um, the nursing team that helps look after you while you're having your treatment and might coordinate your care. So say a breast care nurse, for example, or a, or a care coordinator. Then there's other people that you might not meet, like a pathologist who's actually the person who looks down the microscope and makes decisions about the type of um, illness that you actually have. And that's important because it gives information about the best way to treat it. Radiologist, who's someone that looks at the scans and interprets the scans, and there are all sorts of different scans that you can have now, um, and they are the experts in that kind of information. Then there's allied health. Now that's a sort of a, 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 um, a term to, to uh, describe a mixture of people, I suppose. So people like me, the clinical psychologist, but also physiotherapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, dietitians, social worker. So you might not meet these people face-to-face um, -face necessarily, but we're in the background often and making, um, you know, in giving input into the team meetings about um, other things to think about when we try and look after the whole patient and the sort of supports that they need, challenges that they might have, that sort of stuff. So the multidisciplinary team is a team and so yes there's meetings and sometimes those meetings are face-to-face -face, and sometimes the meetings are virtual and using other kind of technologies and things but the team is really with you throughout the whole cancer treatment and one of the things you can think about is that it's really a bit like a play. So someone might be on the stage at a particular point so the surgeon might be on the stage when you first you know are diagnosed 
but after a while the surgeon will move off the stage and the medical oncologist or the radiation oncologist or someone else will be guiding that treatment. The others know what's going on but someone else comes in and you'll be seeing that person more often. But still the people that make the decisions are a team and that's really important. So I'm going to give a few ideas about what happens in that first sort of week um, after your diagnosis. Now I'm going to base this on the places that I've worked and the things that I know. So bear that in mind, it might be different from, from where you live or, or what you do. So I'm going to assume as well that, that you have surgery up first. Now that is a big assumption because things have changed a lot. And for some cancers, something called neoadjuvant chemotherapy, which is where you do chemotherapy before surgery and for all sorts of fantastic reasons, that's something that's become a lot more common in, in, recent, um, in, in recent years. So, but anyway, I'm going to assume that the chemotherapy, uh, that the surgery is the thing that we're going to have first up front. So the GP will refer you to, you know, the member of the team, in this case the surgeon, and that surgeon will see you and, um, and take a history and take all sorts of important information and will also have scans or blood tests or other things to, make him, to, to allow him or her to make the decisions about the kinds of surgery that might be best for you. And then other people might get involved in your care, nursing, you know, psychology, other people, um, medical oncology you may meet with, radiation oncology to help you make not only the medical decisions that you need to make, but also to work out which way round the treatment feels like it's going to work best for you generally and to make sure you've got all the information that you need to make a really informed decision and to, and to, to have sort of your expect set, expectations set around recovery and some of those kinds of things. So. Off you go to the surgeon, various other people might happen in, the, in that week or next couple of weeks or however long it is till you have your surgery. Then you have your surgery and then, you know, I think people are quite shocked, including me actually, how quickly now you can come out of, uh, you can come out of surgery and go home. So even for a mastectomy, which, you know, certainly in years gone past you might have been in for quite a while with, you know, you're home, you're home within a couple of days. So, um, and when you first recover in, in hospital, first, first wake up in hospital, really, the, the focus of there for your treatment is to make sure you are cared for, that you have appropriate pain control, that you've got the things you need to go home and recover, and you, you, I'm pretty unlikely to get results or, or any further information at that point. But in that week, okay, a couple of weeks, or whenever it is you, until you see the team again, there's a whole lot of scribbling around behind the scenes and people looking at slides and making decisions and talking about things and looking at all the science behind what's discovered about your particular situation. That's when the teams often meet and discuss and grapple things out and so on. And then at some point in our situation, it's usually a week or two weeks, you come back and the team will have decided who the best person is to communicate the information to you. You'll come back, you'll hear about pathology and you'll hear about um, how the operation went and you'll have a chance to talk about issues that you've got or how you're recovering and questions and all that sort of stuff. And it's at that point that they dis that you, you have a chance to th either think about which treatment option you want to, you know, that you want to take um, or that you have chance to ask questions or you go away and have a think about it. So often you get that first bit of information and then you come back again to see various members of the team and that's where the treatment starts to, the treatment wheel starts to get going. And I suppose one of the things I want to say is that it, cancer care is, is amazingly detailed these days. 
And so a lot of information is coming fast. People communicate behind the scenes in, an, in a variety of intricate ways. And so your treatment might be decided very differently um, than it would have been, you know, five, ten, one year ago in some situations. So information is constantly changing and that is a wonderful thing but it also can be a freaky thing and that you might get one set of recommendations and then more information comes to light and whoa, you've got another set of recommendations. That is a normal place to be and it requires you to be flexible and to think about things and to not sort of jump at every shadow and get frightened about the fact that it looks like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing because I said this last week and now they're saying this. You know, yeah, they are. They are changing their decision making and that's because they've got more information, they're responding to that information and they're giving you a targeted plan. So if you've got concerns about that's really, really important that you bring them up with your treating team so that you feel safe because what's normal to a treating team and talking to people about recommendations and we're going to do this, 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 this and this, whatever, it's, it's normal for them to have, you know, fast paced discussions and to deliver information quickly and things like that. It's not normal for you. And sometimes, sometimes we all forget that, you know, we really do. And so if it's not at the right pace or you, or you don't understand why treatments, uh, you know, recommendations are changing or shifting, or you don't understand why you're being asked to make some of the decisions that you're being asked to make, then speak up. You know, one of the modern things about healthcare generally and cancer care is we've gone on, a, away from this model where the doctor will tell you what to do and you will do it un, you know, unthinkingly and you'll just nod your head, yes, doctor, and you'll do it all. Now, actually, there's a lot more involvement of the person and the patient in the decision making and the planning. Now, that's, I think, a fantastic thing, but sometimes it's an overwhelming thing, you know. And so if you're not sure about how you feel, please have the confidence to bring it up with your treating team because that's that they're all there to try and help you. And if you think you need to see another member of the team, speak up and say so. All right, well, I hope that gives you some ideas of what an MDT is all about. And in later talks, we're going to talk about a little bit more about what they do and some details about things.